Good morning, friends. You've tuned into Faith Communications of Erie Christian Fellowship Church. We're delighted that you joined us today. Our hope is that today's message will help you to grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. As we listen to today's message, keep in mind that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. Now let's go right into today's broadcast. Before we start, I just want to... I want to read Psalm 100. It just keeps coming up in my spirit over and over. And um, just before we enter into worship, I just want to remind us that as we give thanks and as we trust in Him, it's a peace and a joy that passes all understanding can come upon us, and only because of Him and what He can do. So I just want to read this. It says, Make a joyful shout to the Lord, all you lands. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before his presence with singing, knowing that the Lord, he is God. It is he who has made us, not we ourselves. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. And verse 4, enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise and be thankful to him and bless his name. For the Lord is good. We can get a hold of that tonight. For the Lord is good. His mercy is everlasting and his truth endures to all generations. Stand with me. Heavenly Father, we just come to you tonight. We come to you with thanksgiving. We come to you with praise. We come to you to worship you, to honor you, to glorify you, Lord. Father, I just pray tonight that as we turn our focus and our eyes onto you, that all of our cares, all of our concerns, all of our challenges everything that we walked in here with begins to fade away. Father, once those things fade away, I ask that you give us wisdom and discernment, direction, and that you would just provide to us a peace and a joy, Father God, deep in our hearts that is non-circumstantial. It doesn't matter the circumstances around us, that we can walk with peace and we can walk with joy. And Father, I thank you for the blessing the blessing of Abraham that is upon us that we have been grafted into by the Lord Jesus Christ and his payment on the cross. And so, Father, we just worship you for that tonight. We thank you for that tonight. And as the scripture reminded us, is God is good. You are good. You are good and your mercies endure forever. We thank you for it in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Just as we are worshiping, there's a Romans 8 just came to my mind as we were singing that last song. I want to start reading in verse 25. This is for someone here tonight. But if we hope for what we do not see, we eagerly wait for it with perseverance. There's some of us here that are waiting for things that we haven't seen yet. But the Lord says, continue to press in. You say, well, I don't know what to do. I'm not sure what to do. What does that mean, eagerly wait with perseverance? Verse 26, likewise, the Spirit also helps in our weaknesses. Waiting is hard. For we do not know what we should pray. For as we are, but the Spirit himself makes intercession for us with groanings which we can which cannot be uttered. Now he who searches the hearts knows what the mind of the Spirit is because he makes intercession for the saints 
according to the will of God. So all these verses are the preface to this next verse. And we know that in all things, we know that all things work together for good for those who love God, those who are called according to His purpose. And just think about that. Think about those scriptures that were leading up to that. We're waiting eagerly. We're waiting with perseverance. We're not sure what to do. The Bible says pray. Pray in the Spirit. For the Spirit is working. God is working. These songs that we just sang tonight, God is working. The Spirit is moving. And then verse 28 begins to see the promise. We know that in all these things, all these things will work together for good for those who love God. So Father, we come to unite in prayer. We thank you, Lord, that you work all things together. All things together for good. Anything that the enemy meant for evil, you do. You turn it for good. And Father, we just ask you tonight as we come to you in prayer over these prayer requests tonight, this time of prayer that we're having, Lord, we just thank you that you are the God who answers prayers. (laughs) You are the God who was more than enough. Father, we put our trust in you. We put our full and complete trust in you tonight. For every situation, for every circumstance, for every challenge, for every relationship, we place it before you today. And Father, I ask for each of one of these prayer requests that are on here, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And Father, we know your will is to see those who are lost be saved. Those who are sick, healed. Those who are far from you, turning back to you. Father, your will is that bills are paid. Your will is that relationships are reconciled. And so, Father, we just ask you tonight. We come to you tonight and say, have your way. Have your way in this place. Have your way in this place tonight. We thank you, Father. We thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord. Praise your holy name. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Mm. Thank you, Lord. In your precious name we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, turn around and say hello to someone, and we're going to do a short teaching, and then we'll have a little more time of prayer tonight. All right. I just want to read a quick Advent prayer before we get started. How many of you know we're in Advent? Yes? Yes. Yes. The arrival. The arrival of the Lord. Yes? Exciting times. We are in Advent. I've started doing some... So I've taken it up. I'm trying to do, you know, I preached on Sunday about redeeming the time and being intentional about the Christmas season. I'm just like, well, hey, you better live by what you're talking about here, right? So I, uh, I upped it this year. So with the kids I'm doing, I did an A to Z Advent before, and it's just like, you know, A is for Advent. And it's just like three words, and it just says a few things. So this year, this year, I've got the kids singing Christmas carols and hymns. So and I realized, like, this is a lot of fun, but it's like right before bed. So I'm trying to, like, I got them all jazzed up last night. 
And so now I'm like, I'm going through this book, and the scripture reading was like Genesis 1, like, you know, the first three chapters of Genesis. I'm like, my goodness, this is some serious Advent stuff this year. Uh, But I'm really into it this year. Uh, I hope you are too, and I'm just, I'm excited to do this season differently this year. I'm just excited to do it differently. I'm tired of running around, you know, being stressful about the holidays, and that has been my MO or our MO for many years, and I know we got a lot of kids, which means a lot of presents, but whatever. We can still enjoy the time and and redeem the time as we go. Uh, But there's an Advent prayer. This is an Advent prayer for courage. Dear Heavenly Father, help me to hear your voice. Mm. Could that be just one of our prayers this month? Just to hear his voice in everything that we do, in everything that we say, I mean, I've been praying more and more that, Lord, before I open my mouth, Lord, that the Holy Spirit will speak through me. Just his words, not mine. At work, here at the office, at home, his words, not mine. And it just is my deep desire that we all hear his voice so clearly. It says, touch me once again. Give me the courage to be your beloved. Hmm. Give me the courage to choose joy. I need you now this Christmas. I need you now this Christmas. And I love this here. Be born in me again today. In Jesus' name. Be born again in me today. In Jesus' name. Father, as I share tonight, that you will just, that we will just hear your voice so clearly. My prayer is always, Lord, that no matter what I'm talking on or teaching on or what you gave me, that you will be speaking individually to each person in here on their concerns, their challenges, their issues, that what do they need to have illumination for? What do they need to have light for? What do they need to have a new understanding for? Father, renew our minds, Father. Renew our minds. Renew our minds. New ways of thinking. Father, I just pray against the old pathways of thought. I say they have to go in the name of Jesus. Thoughts that are not of you, pathways that are not of you common reactions than the way we used to react to things be gone in Jesus' name, and that new pathways of thought, new reactions based on the word, new reactions based on peace, new reactions based on joy will come in Jesus' name. We thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Okay, so I have been, about two, three weeks ago, um, I've been reading in the New Testament. I'm in somewhere in, I believe, 1 Corinthians 11 or so is where I was reading this morning. But the Lord kept challenging me to go back and read the story of Abraham. Go back and read the story of Abraham. Go back and read the story of Abraham. I'm just like, all right, Lord, what do you want me to understand in the story of Abraham? And it's, it's fairly simple. And I got some scriptures that I want to walk through tonight. But it's, it's very simple. Is that we have the blessing of Abraham. And I was just like, I know we've said that. We've talked about here at this church for 30 years, ever since this church has started, the blessing of Abraham. And I was like, what does that mean? And how do I get a hold of that? And how do I truly make that a reality in my life? And I've got some scriptures here tonight that I really want to walk through. The other thing that really caught my attention about Abraham is that, well, Abram at the time, and then eventually becomes, becomes Abraham, is that he lied, he lied several times. And what's interesting is his lies were all about his beautiful wife, and he didn't want anybody, you know, to take his wife or this or that. And he lied two times. 
two separate times regarding the same thing in two different spots. And I'm inter- like when we lie, when we say something that's not completely the truth, or we say something that uh, is maybe leaves out part of the truth, it's almost always because we lack trust in the other person, or we lack trust in the situation. At the end of the day, we lack trust in God to deal with the actual honest truth. And you look at Abraham, what he was doing is he actually, he wasn't trusting God. He was like, if I call her my wife, then something's going to happen. They're going to take her. They're going to kill me. Like he was worried about himself. He was worried about his wife because he didn't trust that if he fully told the truth, if he fully did what God was calling him to go do, that God would take care of things. And then you fast forward into his, through his life, and he has his, has his boy at a ripe old age. He has his boy, and then the Lord says, hey, take your son and put him on the, put him on the altar for the sacrifice. And so here's this guy who's been a liar, <laughs> issues, has sinned just like you and I, yet that didn't stop him from continuing to build his trust in God. Continuing to see God move in his life. God continually to answer prayers in his life, which he's done for every single one of us. Answer prayers, and that trust was built, that trust was built, until he took his one and only son and took him up there. What happened? He trusted God so much, he said, you'll raise him from the dead if I take him out. You'll do it. And then, he, then God brought the lamb stuck in the thicket wherever it was off to the side because he fully trusted God. So what I got out of that is like, I want to fully trust God that we can walk in the blessing of Abraham. We can fully trust him and walk in this blessing. First scripture I have is Galatians 3, verse 13 and 14. This is a common verse. Um, I'm, let me read it here. It says, Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law. Hallelujah. He has redeemed us from the curse of the law. And you go back and you begin to look at the curse of the law, the sicknesses, the disease, the problems, the challenges. I mean, go look at Deuteronomy for a while and look at what the curse of the law is. But he, Christ, the Lord, Advent season, Jesus is coming. He has come. He has did what he needed to go do. He has risen from the grave. He defeated all these things. And because of that, we put our trust in him. He has redeemed us from this curse. Having become the curse for us, for it is written, curses anyone who hangs on a tree. That the blessing of Abraham, listen to this, that the blessing of Abraham might come. Where? Upon the Gentiles in Christ Jesus, that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. And I love Abraham, the father of faith, who sinned just like every one of us, but he was still considered the father of faith as he lived out his life. Through that faith, Through that faith, we get the blessing of Abraham might come upon the Gentiles, not just the Israelites, but the Gentiles as well. Because why? Because of what Jesus did. We are now grafted into the blessing. We are grafted into the promise. So that means whatever Abraham had on his life and the blessings that he had on his life are available to us. I'm like, this is a good deal. This is a really good deal. And I think too often the... Not too often, probably, maybe it is too often, that this, the prosperity teaching gets a bad rap, right? Prosperity teaching gets a bad rap. Oh, they just want the bigger plane. They just want the bigger house. They just want the bigger this. And look, I'm not here to judge what some of those guys do. I have no idea. But what I do know is that they, almost every single one has grabbed a hold of that truth 
grabbed a hold of that truth, understand the blessing, and you're going to see here, when, the, when they get a hold of that blessing of Abraham, understand, he anoints you to prosper. He anoints you to be blessed. He anoints you to do these things. And these are things that we got a hold of. And as long as that heart, their heart, our hearts are right and in the right place, God continues to move in our life. This verse tells us not just what we're redeemed from, but what we're redeemed to. From the curse to the blessing. From the curse to the blessing. Again, this is more than just providing freedom from sickness, sin, poverty, redemption, brought through the blessing of the Lord into our lives. Because look at this, Proverbs uh, 10.22. Proverbs 10.22 says this, says, The blessing of the Lord makes one rich, and he adds no sorrow to it. The blessing of the Lord makes one rich, and he adds no sorrow to it. What is the blessing of the Lord? Listen to this definition here. It is the divine empowerment for increase. The blessing of the Lord is the divine empowerment for increase, and it's God's passionate desire that it flows in our lives. It's God's passionate desire that it flows in our lives. He has made a great provision for it so that we can have it. You know, there was a research study done. uh, I heard this on a message. Actually, it was a message that, uh, Chris, you sent me about... Um, provision for your calling. I think it was this one, or maybe it was a different one. Uh, But this guy was talking about how of the top 500 bankers in the world, so you think of a top banker, you think of someone who has some prosperity and some wealth and some influence to be able to move things in this world, and for good or for bad, really. Uh, But of the top 500 bankers, over 200 of them, over 200 of them were Jewish. And you're just like, whoa, 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 wait a second. That, that is not, that math equation doesn't work. The population of Jewish people versus the population of bankers and, the, you know, the population of all the people, like the percentage of people of bankers who would be Jewish would be like, you know, a half a percent, you know, if you do the actual math. But almost half of the top 500. And truly, if you look even at, even unfortunately, sometimes in Hollywood too, many of these places Jewish people are very much being blessed in these, in these industries because God has given them the anointing to prosper. But if you look at the scriptures that we just looked at, he has grafted us as Gentiles into that very same blessing, giving us that same anointing to be able to prosper, which is why I love that message that Chris shared with me, the anointing for your calling to be able to provide the provision for the calling that God has on your life. Whatever that is, whether it's a family, whether it's the job that you have, whatever it is, God has provision for us. So I think that just absolutely gets me very excited. So Ephesians 1, verse 3. Think about this. Ephesians 1, verse 3. I just want to go through a couple of scriptures, and then I do want to give us some time, quite a bit of time here at the end, just to spend some time in prayer. It's a smaller group here tonight. It says, Blessed... Be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with what? Every spiritual blessing. Every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ. So to me, this is God is serious about blessing us. Every spiritual blessing. And we go back, we think about creation. If you look at creation, you look at Adam, the very first thing that Adam heard 
the first thing that Adam heard with his ears from the voice of God saying was what? Be blessed. First man, first creation, first thing he heard, be blessed. And to me, it's just like, man, if this is the first thing you're going to hear, you're going to probably remember it. You probably won't remember the rest of the stuff I said, but you'll remember some of the stuff from the beginning, usually how it works with the stuff at the very end, right? The stuff in the middle gets a little blurry. I remember what he started with, and I remember what he ended with, but what's in the middle? This is what God started with. Be blessed. Then he says, multiply, increase, and fill up the earth. This is the command to man who is blessed. Adam is blessed. The command is to be blessed, multiply, increase, and fill the earth. And so Adam obeyed that command and began operating just like his creator. And I gave a message on this a couple Sundays ago, how we have been given creative power. Our identity is is creative. You understand that we have this ability to speak with our mouths and to speak things into existence through the power of our words. That's creative. We actually create human beings. That's creative. That have an et- have, that get a spirit and live for all eternity. You understand, we, are, we can create things. Male, female, in his image, most like God. This is so cool. This is an amazing thing, right? So he says, be blessed. And you think of what Adam started doing. Adam obeyed that command. He started speaking and seeing these things come to pass. He named the animals. He named the animals. Why did he name the animals? So he could call them to work for him. The earth was perfect, quite different than what, how we know it today, yeah? When sin entered the earth, there began to have some pretty dramatic changes that took place. Adam had to leave the garden, right? We know that. The flood covered the earth. Man's ability to speak got messed up at the Tower of Babel, right? So, and why? Because, oh my gosh, what, look what they can do when they unite together in a common language. And so that frustrates me when we as the church, the big church, the big C, could we unite ourselves together? Because God's not going to frustrate us if we have a common language on extending his kingdom and doing what what he has planned um, in this earth. So we see all these things that happen. But these changes, in, in, in my opinion, these changes were not just acts of judgment. They were acts of mercy in which we see God still providing measure measure of his blessing to man. And soon after, God made this covenant with this man named Abraham, and he increased Abraham's life in every way. Listen to this. This blessing that was on him, it protected him. So these are things that are blessings that we have available to us. Protected him, gave him influence, allowed him to help others, brought him victory. I mean, think of they looked at the two lands, right? Him and Lot, as they, as they came to the two lands, they looked, and Lot's just like, ooh, this place looks better, and goes this way. And Abraham's like, okay, whatever. I trust God. God's got this. And who prospered? Abraham prospered. Brought him victory. Helped him live long and strong and made him very wealthy. Look at Genesis 12, verse 2 and 3. Genesis 12, verse 2 and 3. It says this, says, I will make you a great nation, I will make you a great nation. I will bless you and make your name great and you shall be a blessing. I love that. He blesses us so we can be a blessing. We have to understand that the reason why we are blessed is not so we can live comfortably, although that's nice. We are blessed so we can be a blessing. You, think of, you look at stories, you read stories of... Uh, I know Kenneth Copeland takes a lot of heat for his jets or whatever. Again, I don't know him. I'm not going to judge anything uh, 
of that. But what's interesting is, is if you begin to interview and you talk to people who know him, who have been with him, or who have traveled with him, he is one of the most generous people that you would ever meet. And you think like, oh, well, you know, like, well, he has all this stuff, but he is, he is blessed, but he knows, I, I'm, this is just to be a blessing. He's the one who came up with the distribution center. I didn't make that up. Like, that's what he wants to see happen. Uh, he wants to see that happen, and the ministry gets blessed because it's going to be a distribution center. So I think that's, I think that's exciting. So it protected him, gave him influence, allowed him uh, uh, to help others, to be a blessing. Verse 3, Genesis 12, verse 3. I will bless those who bless you, and I will curse him who curses you. And in all the families of the earth shall be blessed. The blessing of Abraham, look at this, wasn't just for him. It belonged to all of his offspring as well. So he's blessed the whole family, generation after generation after generation. When Christ died and redeemed us, that what Christ did connected us to Abraham's blessing and made that provision available in our lives. Galatians 3.29 says this, And if you are Christ, then you are Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. This is a scripture that locks that in. So if you have accepted Jesus, if you've made Jesus your Lord and Savior, what does it say? Then you are Abraham's seed. If you're Abraham's seed, you're part of his family you're part of his inheritance, and then that means you become heirs according to the promise. I believe we are instructed to look at Abraham's life as as an example of what the blessing is like and then expect it to work in our lives just as he did. This faith plus action, right? He's the father of faith, but there takes this action on our our part, which I believe truly, first and foremost, is an expectation that says, you know what? Lord, I trust you. I trust you. I trust you. I trust you. And you think of what the anointing is, the anointing on each and every one of our lives is the ability to do something that we could not do in our own power. The anointing is the ability to do what we could not do in our own power. I have anointing to have a large family. You all may not have that. That's okay. I have that. I, look, I could not do this in my own power. It's like not possible. I don't have that type of capability, that type of intelligence, that type of ability to mentor, to pay, that type of patience. None of it. But it's the anointing of God that allows that to happen. This here, doing this, what is this? I mean, this is, I didn't like study I mean, spend 12 years in seminary. To, I mean, this is only by the anointing of God. It's the only way that this, this works. And so if you look at this anointing, also brings this blessing, and that we can become heirs according to this promise. So this Genesis, or Galatians 3.9, Galatians 3.9, it's the next verse I want to look at. It says, so then those... So then those who are of faith are blessed with believing Abraham. In the new covenant, listen to this, in the new covenant we are not trying to get a blessing. We already have the blessing. It says we already have every spiritual blessing. 
We're not trying to get it. We're not trying to grab it. We're not trying to reach for it. We're not trying to strive for it. We're not trying to say, oh, Lord, if I only work a little bit harder, if I only put in a few more hours, then I'll be blessed. If I only... No, this, the Bible clearly states we already have it. We're grafted into it. If we could trust that we have it, expect it to show up, and then believe in faith, God's, what does God say? You ask not? You have not because you ask not. We have not because we ask not. And when we believe, we receive. When we ask according to his will, it is his will that our bills are paid. It is his will that our relationships are strong. It is his will that we are healed. And all this is part of the blessing. All, and we're seeing it happen in the testimonies that we have. In fact, Gail stopped me uh, right before church. Uh, she's probably out listening. Hi, Gail. I, I, I see you in my mind's eye at the crosswalk guard station. So she's probably listening, smiling now, right? So Gail tells me right before church, she says, I woke up with a terrible back pain on Sunday morning. And she couldn't come to church. Like, it hurt her so much. She was in so much pain that she couldn't come to church. And the word, one of the words of the Lord, besides the number nine, wherever that came from, and some other things the Lord was speaking to, somebody will be healed before the end of worship. And I was just like, I was like, okay, uh, this is good. And so what she said is she was at home, and she did communion with us. And she said the pain began to subside. And by the end of the entire service, the pain was completely totally and utterly gone. And so, I mean, this is through Facebook Live. I mean, look, the anointing and the blessing is available. In fact, I think, Justin, I think your wife was healed one time from like a fever or a flu or something on like a Wednesday. I don't know when it was, but I remember she, I was like, if you're not feeling well, you need to stand up right now. And Ashley came, she's like, ah, she stood up and she was watching from home. Yeah, she stood up at home. So, I mean, God is good. He is working. This blessing, every spiritual blessing, every spiritual we already have. The word spiritual indicates that everything we receive from God is first received spiritually. Think about that. We've talked about that a lot on Sunday mornings too. Everything that we receive is first received spiritually. And it's the physical realm that then begins to catch up with us. So Ashley's healed. She is healed. She has been healed. She is healed. But her physical body got caught up to that healing when she stood up. When she mixed that faith and that action together. Isn't that interesting? So we receive what he has given to us in our spirits first. Then we see it occur in the natural. We see it in our spirits first. And then it occurs in the natural. Healing, provision, relationships. All of this. Interesting that you know we use the, this uh, verse a lot. Faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. So faith is rising. Our spiritual faith is rising as we hear, as we chew on the word of God, as we learn the word of God, as we hear the word of God. All that stuff begins to rise. That faith begins to rise in the spiritual realm. And then the physical realm begins to follow up where it needs to be and get in line where it needs to be. And that's when we start beginning to use the power of our words. The blessing works in our lives the same way it worked in Abraham's life, by faith. God has embedded his blessing into the promises found in the Bible. And as our faith latches, listen to this, as our faith latches on to those promises and speaks them out, speaks them out, there's action here on our part, is to speak them out. The power, the creative power of our words. Life and death and the power of our tongue. You know, I don't think I mentioned this on Sunday, but 
If you ever sometimes stop and listen to yourself when you're talking, has anybody ever done this? It's kind of a weird thing to go do, but I decided to do it during the Thanksgiving Day Parade, the Macy's Day Parade. About halfway through the parade, I realized that everybody in the house who was watching this were being so critical of everything that we were seeing on the TV. I mean, we were being like, the negativity that was spewing out of our mouths, oh, look at that girl, she didn't have enough clothes on. Oh, wow, couldn't they choreograph? Didn't they know they were going to be on national TV and like practice for a few minutes to try to be in sync during this dance? Like, what were they thinking? Like, and then the lip syncing that they were trying to do, are you kidding me? Like, this was the most, and we were like, blah, 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 negative, negative. And so I stopped. I was like, hey, guys, family, look, I love you. I am participating fully in this negativity. Let's only say positive things from here on out for the rest of the Thanksgiving Day Parade. We were like halfway through it. Whoa, it was harder than I thought. <laughs> like, for, like this pathway of thought and speaking, we were, we were so into being so negative. And I think in our lives, when we start, we don't even realize how negative we're being. We don't even realize what we're saying about our boss. We don't even realize what we're saying about our friends, our spouse, our, our children, our grandkids, whatever. Some, we have to stop and th- hey, listen to yourself speak sometimes. Just take a pause and be like, what am I saying? And is this helpful? Is, or is this hurting? Am I speaking life or am I speaking death? And so many times, if you go back, and we've seen this in our life, the things that we have spoke over our kids or over our life, they are all coming to pass. The things that we are intentionally speaking, both good and bad, I'm serious, both good and bad are coming to pass. And I love what you guys speak over Aragon. You say he's a mighty mighty man of God. And when we used to speak over Eva, I mean, Eva was like, we would speak over, man, she is... She is trouble. She is difficult. I mean, and she was fulfilling the prophetic words that we were speaking over her life. Like, she was. And we realized one day, like, we need to stop that. We need to watch what we are saying. Watch our words. We start saying, you know what? It is sweet, Eva. She's a good kid. We love her. She is sweet. And we said that over and over and over and over. And we knew it in the spiritual realm. We were just waiting for the physical realm (laughs) to catch up with, what was that, the first verse? With perseverance, right? I was like, with patience and perseverance. But eventually, it began to happen. Now this kid, I mean, this kid is the sweetest, sweetest kid. The only thing that gets her jazzed up is when she sees something going on that is a wrong to somebody else. That girl is the first girl to act. I mean, she is like in the, if there's like a fight, some people are just like, oh my goodness, there's a fight. Eva's like, let's go, I'm in it. Like she just like goes right in it. Like she's jumping in. If, if Ruby and Jai are like, you know, getting a little frisky, like she's not like standing stand and watch. She like jumps and like, break it up, let's go. Like, I love this girl, man. She's awesome. I know, she's awesome. So, but this is, we spoke these things over her. We spoke these things over. And you know what her, word, what her name means? Her name means life. Eva means life. And it's interesting, the enemy knows that too. And the enemy, multiple times, tried to stop her life. Tried to end her life. Had her choking on an apple. Some of you probably heard that story before. So many times within Eva's life, 
The enemy has been trying to, we say, no, she will live and not die. Her name means life. She will live a long life. She will be a blessing. She is sweet, and she is fulfilling all of those things that God has for her life. 2 Peter 1, verse 3 and 4. I got two more scriptures left here. 2 Peter 1, 3 and 4. As his his divine power, his divine power, his divine power, not my abilities, not my intelligence, not that I went to Harvard and I'm smarter than you because you went to Penn State. I actually went to Penn State, so I get it. They are smarter than us sometimes. That's okay. Um, but it's not, that doesn't make them successful. His divine power has given us all things that pertain to life and godliness. His power has given us all things that pertain. Through what? Through the knowledge of him, understanding him, building our faith, who called us by glory and virtue. Verse 4, by which have been given to us exceedingly great and precious promises, that through these you may be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption. This is my prayer for this Advent season, that we escape the corruption that is the world through lust, that we escape the way things used, are always done, the way, escape the way the world is doing things. And we remember that it's by his divine power has given us all things. And that as we truly remember the birth of Jesus and what that means, the, mir- the miracle, the miraculous thing that that actually was, to think the probability of one man fulfilling the, the different prophets that were written in different languages over different times in different countries, one person fulfilling all of those prophecies, this, this is the statistic, the, you know, one times 10 to the, if you went back to math class, times 10 to the like 150th power, like not, pro, it's like it doesn't, it's not even a probability on the chart. It's a miracle. And we just have to keep sight of that this Christmas season. This blessing is already ours, and we just need to ask the Lord tonight to have it manifest in our lives. It should be understood that as with Abraham, this blessing creates increase over the course of our entire life, not just in one day. Think about that. This is a journey. This is a journey. This isn't a get-rich-quick scheme. This isn't, well, Lord, I must be blessed, so I will play the... I'm nothing against playing the lottery. If you win the lottery, tithe. Other than that, I'm good. I'm good. You can play the lottery. Whatever. I'm not judging that. But what I'm saying is, this isn't, these scriptures here we're looking at is not a get rich quick scheme or anything like that. It is the blessing of the Lord as he grows us, as he develops us, as he increases this blessing over the course of our life. It's not a one day thing. Much like, I think, as they were passing the loaves and the fish, how God continued to multiply over the, as it was needed, he multiplies and he does what he says he's going to go do. So don't be discouraged if you don't see it all at once. Oh my gosh, Lord, you said that bill is going to be paid, but I just didn't see it this month. Continue to believe that God will pay that bill. Amen. Continue to believe in faith that he'll pay the bill and the back bill and the interest charges that went with it. Continue to seek the Lord, for you are truly blessed. And then Romans fifteen twenty nine. I'll end with this scripture here. But I know that when I come to you, I shall come in the fullness of the blessing of the gospel of Christ. 
I want us to spend some time in the last 10 minutes or so just in some time praying. In the name of Jesus, to the Father, in the name of Jesus, through the power of the Holy Spirit. It says that I know that when I come to you, I shall come in the fullness of the blessing of the gospel of Christ. This fullness indicates a blessing in all forms, reaching into every area of our life, even affecting those who are connected to us. So I want to spend some time praying tonight. Rich, if you want to put on some, uh, some music in the background uh, for us to pray with. Because I truly believe that this blessing, the blessing of Abraham that we've been grafted into is available to us. And I just want to walk in it. I want to walk more in it in my life. I want you guys to walk more in it in every area of your life, expecting God to do big, amazing, miraculous things that we could barely even think or imagine or come up with because the Bible says he does more than that. So let's just spend some time praying. We'll, we'll dim the lights down. You can walk around if you want. You can stay in your seat if you want. Just begin to take these last 10 minutes and just call on the name of Jesus for whatever it is in your life. Maybe it's a loved one. Let us pray tonight. Thank you, Father. Lord, it's so good just to spend a few minutes in your presence. Just a few minutes in your presence. Father, help us this holiday season to be reminded to do this. Just reminded to stop. And to turn our eyes back to you. Once an hour, if need be. Once every couple minutes, if need be. Whatever it is. Father, just keep, help us to have this constant reminder of redeeming the time. Of being intentional about each hour you've placed before us, Lord. And Father, we thank you for the blessing. The blessing of Abraham that we are grafted into. All spiritual blessings, Father God, that are available to us. We thank you for them. And Father, as we go about the rest of our week, that you would give us the favor and blessing and increase, Lord, day by day. Father, and I, I ask tonight for myself and for others here, Lord, that you would just burn away everything in our life that is not of you. Father, burn away everything in our life that is not of you. Every agreement that we've made that is not of you, every accusation that we have come into partnership with that is not of you, Father, I just ask that you burn it all away. That what remains is peace and joy. The things that remain, Father God, are only of you. We thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. As I, before I dismiss you, I read something in a Smith Wigglesworth book today. I thought it was interesting. It was applicable to me, uh, and this might help you guys too. He said that one day he felt like the Lord told him, he said, Wigglesworth, I'm going to burn every single thing up that is Wigglesworth, and so that all that will be left is Jesus, and that's all that people will see. And that's been my prayer today, my heart today, that, Lord, just if it's not of you, just burn it up. 
get rid of it, get rid of it, get rid of it, because it's just holding me back. And I just want it to be gone in my life. So burn that stuff up. And there's some things I know he is, he's working on in my own life. He's burning some stuff up, things that I've been dealing with. He's burning it up in Jesus' name, and I'm happy for it. All right, guys, be careful out there. You are dismissed. Thank you for being a part of today's Faith Communications broadcast of Erie Christian Fellowship Church. If you do not currently have a church home, you are invited to join us on Sunday mornings at 10 o'clock. Erie Christian Fellowship is located at 5900 Saratania Road, directly across from the Walnut Creek Middle School. You'll find us on the web at www.ecfchurch.org, where you may sign up to receive our monthly Faith Communications newsletter. Again, thanks for joining us today, and always remember 2 Corinthians 5-7 that declares, For we walk by faith, not by sight.